0: You're listening to the Arkansas AgCast, where we discuss the latest news, trends, and issues impacting Arkansas farmers and ranchers. Our show is brought to you by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation and hosted by Rob Anderson and Jason Brown. Take us away. Well, welcome to our inaugural edition of the video AgCast live, so we're terrified. Uh, (laughs) Thanks for joining us on this dark and stormy Cinco de Mayo. It's now a weekly storm day across the state, I think we have, so today's the day.
1: You may hear some thunder. Uh, It's been pretty loud and boomy here uh, at the Arkansas Farm Bureau headquarters. just
0: the excitement about this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) How's your week been, Rob? Oh, it's been a busy one, and yeah. it's been busy in the news too.
1: Yeah, I know we've got a whole bunch of news to cover today, um, and uh, but we, I don't want to get there quite yet. Oh, uh, I thought I'd ready ask to you talk a little bit. Yeah, I thought I'd ask. You know, I was really sorry to see the Pelicans lose in a in the NBA playoffs. Yeah, you, you probably there
0: are probably people saying the who the, <laughs> that is the New Orleans Pelicans. I'm, yeah, I am the fan a yeah. fan here in the state, I think, but you
1: know. <laughs> no, no, no. I've seen a couple of Pelicans hats around. It's
0: good to know. Yeah, I get a lot of questions when I wear my Pelicans cap because people say, "What is that on your hat?" So
1: yeah, well, I hate to see them go out, but uh, are you? Have you? Are you rooting for somebody else now?
0: Mm, well, the Grizzlies, you know, yeah. Memphis, uh, right down the road. Yeah, Very exciting team.
1: Yeah, I'm excited to see them still in the mix. One and one, they are uh, with. Um, I guess they play... Golden State. Tonight? Yeah. yeah tonight. They're playing tonight, maybe. All right. I don't know. Um,
0: None of our producers seem to know.
1: It. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so um, so we've got exciting basketball going on. We've got some wild weather, which we're going to talk about.
0: Yeah, the weather's had an impact on agriculture in the state. So Yeah. We are going to yeah. talk about that.
1: One of the stories that we're not going to talk about that I thought was interesting, have you seen the story about uh, the Russians... Uh, Russian soldiers taking yeah. the John Deere equipment. They,
0: they took John Deere equipment. And was John Deere locked down the equipment so they can't use it? Is that the. the
1: yeah, system? it was like $5 million, I think, uh, worth of equipment that was being taken. And uh, John Deere realized what was happening and locked it down. Very nice. Pretty fascinating.
0: All right, shall we jump in? With
1: I exciting... guess we shall. You're first up.
0: I am. And I'm going old school with paper. Jason's got the laptop. Well, but, uh, you know. I like to pretend to take important notes. Uh, (laughs) First up, we got the Senate Ag Committee uh, discussing a cattle marketing bill. The U.S. Senate Ag Committee held a hearing last Tuesday on cattle market reform, and it highlighted some of the ongoing division in the industry over how to deal with issues related to packer concentration. Specifically, the hearing was to hear testimony and discuss uh, some Senate bills, Cattle Price and Discovery and Transparency Act, Meat and Poultry Special investigator act uh arkansas senator john bozeman who's the ranking uh member of the committee he delivered opening remarks for the hearing he acknowledged that the bills were in large part the result of frustration at the prices america's farmers and ranchers uh receive for cattle in relation to the prices consumers ultimately pay for beef products however he also expressed concern uh, about the unintended consequences that could arise in the cattle industry from cash market mandate He urged caution and due diligence, and that's actually something a lot of people were saying. uh, According to Brownfield News, Brownfield Ag News, Andy Green, a senior advisor for fair and competitive markets at the USDA, sort of echoed that. He said, in general, we're intending to be as careful, input-driven, fact-driven as we possibly can and take into account all the different viewpoints of a complex and complicated industry.
1: Yeah, this is a complicated issue. We've, We've been involved in several conversations here i um, happy to see John Bozeman play a leadership role here. Yeah,
0: it, it was a big, long discussion point at the uh, American Farm Bureau Convention this past yeah. January. So,
1: Yeah, so certainly Farm Bureau keeping their keeping their eyes and in, in, in being active in, in this conversation uh, as it moves forward. Well, thanks for bringing that. In case you have not noticed, uh, we did talk about it a little bit. We've had a lot of rain in some areas of the state and actually a real need for rain in, in other areas of the state. I think the southern part of the state, um, certain areas are pretty dry. Uh, the result of, of, of that, is that some is that there's been some major planning delays in these rainy row crop areas. Um, we've experienced several rain events this spring. Have got one going on right now? Mm-hmm. Uh, pushing row crop planning progress behind. Uh, farmers did not, or sorry, did get an assist last week and over the weekend with some sunny weather which dried fields enough to do some planting. Um, And let's just take a look at planting progress numbers, if you will. Farmers in the state are projected to plant just under 2 million acres of rice this year. Uh, That's down about 2% from last year. And as of May 1st, only 40% of the rice crop has been planted, uh, which nearly, uh, it's nearly 20% off from the five-year average. So, we'd normally be at about 60% planted this time of year. Uh, yeah, so that's, uh, you know, we're, we're running behind pretty much everywhere, but, but rice certainly. Uh, farmers will plant a, a little over 3 million acres of soybeans this year. That's up 7% from last year. Uh, so far, we've planted 23% of the project, projected acres as of this week. That's about, Double the progress that we had last week, demonstrating again how that dry, sunny weather helped us out. If you were driving around the Delta or beyond last week, I bet you saw a lot of planters in the field, especially at nighttime, you'll see headlights that look like UFOs, as Mark Lambert says. So, uh, very busy planting. Pardon me. We expect to see just over a half million acres of cotton planted this year. Uh, that's up 8% over the last growing season. So that's good. Certain, certainly, uh, cotton, cotton is moving forward. Uh, finishing up here with the roundup, the corn crop, which we'll see about seven hundred thousand acres planted in the state this year, that's down significantly, having planted about eight hundred fifty thousand acres last year. Uh, what does all that mean, as farmers? You know that planting late can uh, negatively impact yield uh, and cause you to lose part of, part or all of your crop insurance. Uh, because of that, the planted acres forecast may change in the coming weeks as farmers make changes to planting decisions based on weather and timing. After a widespread rain event this week, we are forecast to have hot and sunny weather next week, and that should give them some relief.
0: Uh, that's I know a lot of fingers across. We've been getting a lot of questions about the how, what the impact of the weather has been on farmers and, you know, a lot of interest in that topic, media, uh, KTHV last night did, yeah. did something on that. Talked to uh, Barnhill Orchards, and our own Mark Lambert was yeah. on there uh, giving some some thoughts on all the challenges they're facing during this uh, planting season.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, wet wet fields like like we were like we just read. I mean, you start to see corn it starts to get a little bit too late for corn. Not too concerned about rice just yet. Soybeans are probably the most flexible in that planting date timeline, but. But as we see this wet weather continue, you know, it's just a real, and, and it has effects all year long, right? right? So it starts to push back timelines um, for harvest in the fall and things like that. So, right. Anyway, well, let's take a short break from the news and learn a bit about how Arkansas Farm Bureau memberships uh, go to work in your community.
0: Your Arkansas Farm Bureau membership supports our work on behalf of Arkansas farmers, ranchers, and rural communities around the state. From youth leadership programs and academic scholarships, to hunger relief and disaster support, and much more. You can make a difference and be a champion for your community. Join today at
1: ARFB.com.
0: And, and that's, that's so true, it's, it's a great example uh of the the meaning of farm bureau memberships in Mm -hmm. Clark County they give ten thousand dollars in scholarships to kids in those communities oh and they do that every year wow um that's the power of our memberships um and and I think people you know don't often hear that story especially if you're thinking insurance but membership means a lot and it can have a huge impact in local communities absolutely it's time to get back to news again uh Speaking of around the state, Broadband Master Plan was released uh, recently. That was a, a long time coming. It's been an important project. Governor Asa Hutchinson uh, recently released the new Arkansas Broadband Master Plan assessment and recommendations. State's long been behind the curve in providing high-speed Internet access, particularly in rural areas of the state. We are aware of that. In October of 2021, the Broadband Development Group, or BDG, was hired by the state to conduct the research and develop a comprehensive master plan for broadband services across the state. BDG hosted more than 300 community meetings in all 75 counties and received more than 18,000 surveys from Arkansas residents. They also worked with a number of organizations like the Arkansas Municipal League, State Chamber of Commerce, and of course, Arkansas Farm Bureau, Arkansas Farm Bureau has been heavily involved with the broadband issue uh, for some time because it's an important policy issue for the organization. Yes. In addition to settling uh, to setting up some of the county meetings on the issue with the BDG team, uh, Farm Bureau hosted a statewide connectivity summit uh, last fall, featuring a number of policymakers, providers, experts. Some of the key findings from the report were that around 210,000 households in the state lack adequate broadband access. The state has used uh, various state and federal programs to create coverage for uh, or plans to cover some of the 100,000 households, while the remaining 110 households are not currently addressed by any plans. Um, The report estimated the cost of covering these households at about $500 million and recommended that the state focus its efforts on providing service to these underserved households.
1: Yeah, Big issue. I mean, we talk about it here. When we when we talk about broadband issue, we talk about it like rural electrification. I mean, yeah. it's it's that big of a deal. Um I know that we're we're continuing to work on this really every day. Mm-hmm. Our own Philip Powell is taking part in a panel discussion later this month. I mean, we it's it's really literally part of a daily conversation right. here.
0: Philip spent a lot of time on that.
1: Absolutely. What's up next? Well, I hate to tell you, but we continue to see avian flu cases um, in poultry flocks across the country. And this week, it got a little closer to home. Yeah, heard about that. Yeah, this week, officials announced a case of highly pathogenic uh, avian influenza in an Oklahoma County border that borders Arkansas. It's adjacent to Sebastian County and Fort Smith. No cases have been confirmed in Arkansas at this time. However, cases have been confirmed in three bordering states, Missouri, Oklahoma, and Texas. Uh, The Arkansas Department of Agriculture issued an emergency rule on March 24th, which requires all free-range and backyard poultry to be confined under roof or inside a structure to prevent contamination from infected migratory birds. That rule's in place until at least July 20th and includes other restrictions. Uh, For full details on that, uh, visit the department's website at Um, arkansasag.gov. We've got a lot of questions about this. Uh, Folks think maybe they need to build a chicken coop if they didn't have one. Certainly a tarp and some sort of fencing, you know, whatever whatever can protect them. There's
0: more simple solutions, but you can check out options uh, on the site and you know, that's something we've covered on this, this you know, AgCast before. And it's hopefully just going to remain a tangential issue, just something of, to yeah. keep on the radar, not something that we have to worry too directly about. Uh, something coming up that's off in the distance a little bit, but it's already being worked on. That is a new farm bill. And legislators hosted a farm bill hearings in Michigan recently. Senator uh, Debbie Stabenow of Michigan, Senate Agriculture Committee Chair in Arkansas's Senator John Bozeman, the committee's ranking member, held a field hearing on the next farm bill last Friday on the campus of Michigan State University. According to DTN, the hearings included about 17 people who testified about a range of crops, livestock, rural economic development, and Mm -hmm. food aid. One of the key themes of the day, not surprising, was protecting crop insurance in the next farm bill. Uh, During the meeting, Bozeman said agriculture accounts for 25% of GDP in Arkansas, Making agriculture the top economic driver—that's something we talk about a lot. Here. A lot, yeah. So the farm—and uh, he says so—the farm program is building the safety nets, doing all the things in the conservation programs that we talked about today. It's really about making a viable rural America for tomorrow. That's that's what Bozeman said during the proceedings.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think we're going to have. So we've we've they hosted this committee meeting in Michigan, mm-hmm. uh, and where I think Stabenow's I th- from where Stabenow's from. I think there's a plan to host a very similar field committee meeting uh, here, where Bozeman's from, obviously. That's
0: correct. After the hearing, uh, (laughs) Bozeman, in fact, I believe was asked about that, and he confirmed they would likely hold a similar meeting in Arkansas in June.
1: Okay, great. Well, we're looking forward to that and the opportunity, uh, certainly, for for farmers across the state to participate, I'm sure. Uh, Well, we'll wrap up with some news on the folks making an impact in the agriculture industry in Arkansas. Uh, reporting a bit of news from right here at Arkansas Farm Bureau. Uh, Warren Carter, our executive vice president for the Arkansas Fe- uh, Farm Bureau Federation, announced last month that he plans to retire effective May 31st. Uh, Warren has spent the past six years as executive vice president, which is the lead staff position of our nonprofit ag advocacy organization. That's a mouthful, yes, it is. Uh, he, he's led the organization's Commodity and regular, uh, Regulatory Affairs Division for 13 years prior to being named EVP in 2016. Uh, Warren first joined Arkansas Farm Bureau in 1987 with responsibility for the wheat and feed grains forestry and aquaculture commodity programs. Uh, in addition to uh, Mr. Carter's Farm Bureau role, he served as a member of the executive committee of the Arkansas State Fair and as a member of the Arkansas 4 H Foundation Board of Directors. Uh, if I can be allowed a little bit of editorial freedom Absolutely. here, I will say we will certainly miss uh, Warren Carter being around here.
0: That's very true. Uh, but on with some other announcements, there's been a big, big, uh, big few weeks for uh, awards, honors, news about transitions yeah. like that. Uh, University of Arkansas Pine Bluff Chancellor Lawrence Alexander has been appointed by President Biden as chairman for the Board of International Food and Agricultural Development, which advises the U.S. Agency for International Development. That's a nice honor for him. Leslie Ann Tell of Clinton, an advanced nutrition and dietetics instructor at, Con- instructor at Conway High School, mm-hmm. has been named the 2022 Arkansas Farm Bureau Ag in the Classroom Outstanding Teacher. Awesome. And that's that's a big one we do. Every year, she received a check for $1,500, and this summer, she'll attend the National Ag in the Classroom Conference in Sarasota Springs, New York. how about that? She is Arkansas's National Ag in the Classroom nominee. You can learn more about these honors and appointments in the latest issue of Arkansas Farm Bureau Press, or actually last week's issue, which is available online at ARFB.com. Awesome. Uh, Some other news. Uh, This is a big week last week for Arkansas FFA. Uh, They held their annual, their 95th, convention actually and they elected new state officers the new state president is reese mitchell from emerson state secretary is lakin williamson of clarksville state reporter is gabby Litchford of horatio state vice presidents are evan c of jasper james henderson of Mercury, and lauren massey of paris during the conference arkansas farm bureau sponsored the ffa discussion meet uh, first place in that competition went to Andrea Bird of Harrison, while the second place was Reagan Breeding of Valonia.
1: Congrats Congra- to those folks. Yeah,
0: congratulations to all of them. Uh, we're big supporters of FFA, and that's of course that's always something we watch closely. Last but definitely not least, we have some some other news from here in the at the home office. Oh, do tell. Uh, Arkansas Farm Bureau's John McMinn, Director of Commodity Activities and Economics in the organization's Commodity and Regula- Regulatory Affairs Department has been promoted. For the past two years, John has served as the Director of Commodity Activities and Economics for Aquaculture, Forestry, and Specialty Crops. Mm -hmm. In his new role, John will continue to serve the Specialty Crops Division, but will be taking on the beef and equine as well.
1: Oh, wow. Uh, So that's a big move move
0: for John. I know he's excited about it. Uh, His work will include the implementation of Farm Bureau policy affecting each of these commodities. And they'll be responsible for economic analysis and commodity-specific programs and activities surrounding beef, equine, and specialty
1: crops. Certainly, uh, glad to have our our economists and that team down there uh, to help us. They contributed quite a bit to our news this week, and we'll, too, we'll so. probably
0: have to have John on here. Uh, there's a lot going on in his world, so
1: he's also the. Um, the the, the know it all of uh farmers markets I've yeah, learned that's, so that's if you want to know like a u pick or a farmers market something like that he's your guy he'd
0: probably love to come on
1: here and talk about that yeah well awesome well Rob I think that wraps up the news for this week um, for everybody watching or listening thanks for sticking with us on the first edition of this Arkansas AdCast reboot uh, we promise to be better not better yeah. looking no, but nothing we can do about that but. but better at the podcast we will get better each so week so much smoother yeah yeah thank you <laughs> brian awesome thank you remember uh, you
0: can catch the live stream every thursday at 2 p.m on facebook and youtube and listen to the audio version later on itunes spotify or wherever you get
1: your podcasts that's right the arkansas adcast is brought to you by the arkansas farm bureau hosted by me jason brown and rob anderson our show is produced by Brian Pistole, Matthew Magafrau, and Jenny Higgs. We'll be back
0: next week with more ag news that matters to you, the farmer. Till then, we're signing off.